This week on Dynasty Domain, injuries are plaguing tons of teams around the league, including our fantasy teams. Matt Ryan is benched, and Sam Ellinger is starting for our beloved Colts. And running backs like Travis Etienne and KW9 are emerging as legitimate fantasy threats this year. I'm Avery Huffman. And I'm Nathan Schmidt. Welcome to Dynasty Domain. Right, we're glad to be back only doing the podcast really only every other week right now during the season um, just kind of let some things breathe and make some some bigger dynasty conclusions after two weeks it's a little bit easier to do that once you let it breathe a little bit so uh, if you haven't been following our YouTube page we have obviously been posting at least three videos on there a week for the past I don't know four or five weeks at least so we've got quite a bit of content up and we are releasing new content on the YouTube page every single week and honestly right now i would say that's the best place to find our content because we are really really focusing on our youtube page we're really trying to get the best stuff out there we've gotten a lot of engagement there we're climbing in subscribers but that's why i'm telling you just up front here if you haven't subscribed to dynasty domain on youtube make sure you head over there we're going to continue to try to grow that as well again it's just a platform where you can see our ugly faces and and laugh at our bad takes and and read through some of the actually funny comments that some of the casual fantasy football players leave on our YouTube page and the people that don't realize we're talking about Dynasty as well. So make sure you get over there. Make sure you subscribe to Dynasty Domain. We'll have a ton of content there for you. It is happening more than the podcast now, but obviously the, the podcast is our one true love. We are going to start this week with our trade scenario of the week. Uh, this one was actually made by our boy Simon. Simon's obviously at Purdue. We've been doing the podcast without him. But we'll, we'll feature his trade here just because, you know, we, we miss him kind of in, and he had a pretty good trade here. So let's <laughs> let's let's hear what his, his trade was this week. So this will actually help us, uh, you know, get into our talks about players and what they've been doing the last few weeks. But Simon here is getting he's a contender. He's getting um, Everett uh, tied in from LAC and who Gerald Everett. Just kidding. <laughs> Oh my gosh, he's he's actually been pretty solid, um, a, a mid tight end producing, um, and Jonathan Taylor being the big asset that he's getting here mainly, and he's giving up Cole Komet, Brees Hall, and a twenty twenty three second. What do you think about this for each side? Um, which side are you taking? So I'd say I mean it's probably outside of Matt Ryan, which was today. The biggest news from the Sunday slate of games was was the fact that Brees Hall went down with an ACL injury. Uh, he obviously tore his ACL as meniscus damage as well. And you saw Brees Hall as the RB1 in Dynasty for like four solid days there. And they were just a great ride. It was just a great ride of, of, of people days. being just completely delirious in terms of who <laughs> they're putting at RB1 in Dynasty. But it was short-lived. Uh, Baris, obviously, you know, we hope he comes back. We weren't, I think Nathan and I in particular, we weren't super fans of Brees Hall by any means. I don't think we didn't like him, but but I think he's kind of exceeded even our expectations. Uh, he oh, really, yeah. really, really looked good. Absolutely. So we even, you know, we even said on Twitter, we took our L there. We we were wrong about Brees Hall, which I, I don't know why people are surprised when we're wrong about things. We are casual football fans, and I know how to work a microphone and garage band. So... It's not we are not special because we talk and people listen to us. We're just casual football fans starting conversations. So, yeah, we were wrong about Brees Hall. We were wrong, we've been wrong about. I mean, we're going to talk about quite a few things, honestly, today that we were wrong about. But with Brees, I mean, 
now it gets interesting because I've said on the podcast a couple times, like, look, when Brees, when his value falls again in Dynasty, I'm going to go buy him. He's a hard buy right now. And he's already getting to that point. So, you know, you see his value. You see what people are getting from him. And you're like, oh, my goodness. I mean, so in this particular trade, obviously, Jonathan Taylor has been being treated as the RB1 in Dynasty again. But in this in this situation, Simon's contending. And obviously, you know, Brees Hall's not doing anything for you this year. You're, you're not only, you know, giving Brees Hall to somebody at still a really good price, but you're getting back the best running back in Dynasty. And at an, a, he made this trade before the Matt Ryan news, didn't he? Yeah. That's actually That's really opportune that, timing. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, at this point now, you're looking at Sam Ellinger starting for the Colts and thinking, you know, the Colts are probably, you know, or they should give Jonathan Taylor 20 carries a game. Now, why they haven't been doing that already is beyond either of our very simple brains because Frank Reich has some kind of mega mind brain that we don't <laughs> understand where he just doesn't give his best player the ball. At this point, though, I think it's pretty clear that they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more. I don't think the Colts are going to be the Bears and pass the ball 15 times a game. I just don't, I don't think that's it either. But I do think they're going to focus heavily on Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, but we thought that coming into the season, they haven't. Yeah. With the, with the trade... I'll take the JT side. Yeah, I mean, I, I will, and you, I will and too. you know what? Honestly, what was the brief? What was the rest on the brief? Read the brief side again. Commit in a 23 second. So commit at, at this point, just scratch him. He means nothing. I mean, you don't need Gerald Everett on a rebuild team, but like trading Brees Hall into Jonathan Taylor is not a bad move anywhere because, right. because, because number one, the Colts situation has caused Jonathan Taylor's value to decrease. Uh, number two, now the Colts situation will cause his production to go up. Jonathan Taylor is the running back we saw last year. He is that elite running back. He has been banged up for the first time in really in his career, but people are using that as an, I mean, people were just waiting. They were waiting for something to happen where they're yeah. like, okay, I'm taking Taylor and I'm going to move him down. He my sprained rate. his ankle, but at least he didn't tear his ACL. Right. Yeah. You, you want to talk about durability. Like, I mean, this is the first time Jonathan Taylor's ever missed in his career. Oh, well, this is, this could be it. This is where it starts to No, I mean, probably not. I mean, he has no offensive line at this point. Any yards he's getting is because he's willing himself physically to get those yards. And that's probably going to come with some, some injuries. And, and that's all, honestly, it's on the Colts. Everything that has happened to Jonathan Taylor is nothing of Jonathan Taylor's design. It's all the Indianapolis Colts. So it's not our fault yeah. that our favorite team's incompetent, but in, so don't get mad at us for it because we don't know why. We do know that Jonathan Taylor is pretty good buy right now in Dynasty. Still, it's probably I, I don't think the Brees thing changes his the, value. No, I think the Brees Hall side is great too. I, I mean, if you're a rebuild and you want to tank and get a good draft pick, get Brees Hall because he's not scoring any points. He's not upping your your most max possible points, max potential points every single week, but you're getting an elite level running back in terms of fantasy production who will be back and he'll be fine next year. Yeah. And I, uh, I mean, we've already seen this. Brees is going for Simon actually flipped Brees into JT after trading for JT post ACL injury. And he gave up two twenty four firsts. I mean, it's crazy that Brees yeah, that's is going for two twenty four firsts. first. Now, listen, crazy. I will say this. Um, if you have gotten a hold of or still have your 24 firsts, it is only a matter of time before people start realizing how good that class is because that class is elite. I mean, that class I think is just as good as 23s like top to bottom. It's just further away. It's so just further away. So people's so vision 24 is no first. And I, 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 somebody in our league said, oh, this 24 first is essentially a late 23 second to me. That is insane or, or an early 23 second or whatever. It, it's actually, a first. It actually, it's not. It's, it's a, a 24 first. first. And in, you know, if you want to compare it to 23 picks, it's like, I mean, 
it's farther away, which makes it obviously less value, but that's not really how time value of money works. I mean, when you're talking about adjusting different assets for time, you adjust them so that they are accurately represented in the current time. The 24 firsts at this current time are, are if you adjust them right, should be as valuable as they are going to be, you know, in 2024. If you're getting them at a discount, it's just somebody who doesn't know how to correctly value things two years out. I'm telling you. And I and on my contending teams, I do this too. You move the 24 first, you get everything you can to win, and you go all in. I would say, number one, if you're not going to win the league for sure this year, I wouldn't trade your 24 first. I definitely wouldn't trade your 25 first. That's just stupid. But when you're talking about 24 first, I'm telling you that class is really good top to bottom. Our guy, JCJ Dynasty, he'll probably tell you the same thing because he knows probably three times as much as either of us about about the next two years, even three years of prospects. I've heard him talk about the 24 class a lot. I mean, you can, I mean, get get on Twitter, follow him at JCJ Dynasty, and you'll see a lot of his coverage on, on the 24 prospects and the 23 prospects, and you realize, okay, these guys are good. The 24 picks are no joke. That being said... To get Brees Hall for 224 firsts, I mean, you're talking about Brees Hall, who I was just completely taking it all on because he looked fantastic. Yeah, well, th- this was this is what made me laugh. You're, you're not going to believe me on this, but um, you texted me. I, I wasn't watching the Jets game. You, you texted me after he got his breakout 70-yard run, and you said, bro, Brees Hall may be greater than JT, like legit. And I said, oh, oh, crap, what did he do? And then I looked looked up his stats and stuff, saw what he did, and I was like, shoot. And me being a Colts homer, I was like, I don't want anyone to be better than Jonathan Taylor. How are we going to How are we gonna defend Jonathan Taylor greater than Brees so Hall after he puts Brees up Hall 35 points this game? And I was like, dude, the only way people aren't going to overreact today is if Brees Hall like tears his ACL you or something. Wouldn't that be funny? It. You had candles. Five minutes later, I saw the alert that you he tore his ACL. You, you Luke saw hooked it. <laughs> you little piece of crap. You ruined I, Brees for yeah, us. Yeah, I know. It just was incredibly... Everybody's perfect. Everybody's going to hate you after they hear this. Yeah, Uh, I did not manifest it. I did not wish it upon Brees. I was just like, man, after everyone says this and and, and reacts about his amazing 70 yard run, watch him tear his ACL. Next thing you're going to start posting all your meals on Twitter. (laughs) We obviously want Brees Hall to we want him to. Yeah, we we again, we don't decide to see what he does. We don't. This is hilarious. It's it's like this with like Ramondre Stevenson or guys that we're critical of. I think people just assume that we don't want those players to succeed, which is hilarious because just because we're at, I mean, we're coming, we're trying to come at this. Like there are only a handful of players I don't really, really, really hate, and one of them obviously is Tom Brady. We can't stand Tom Brady as, as Colts fans, but like when we're coming at this from an analytics standpoint, like we're not trying to put emotions into whether liking or disliking players. No, we wanted Brees to succeed. I want George Pickens to succeed, even though I didn't like him coming out. And so yeah. far, I mean, George Pickens has looked really solid. Yeah. And people are always like, "Oh, I bet that's like tearing you up." I'm like, "Well, I mean, no, number one, Not really. I mean, we, we want to be, we want to be right. Well, we, we, I guess it tears sure. us up that we're wrong about things, but we already knew we were going to be. Yeah, wrong. but the thing is, yeah, what happens when you so, do a podcast and make predictions? It doesn't really tear us up because we, I mean, we are wrong about. I mean, everybody who does this, the the hilarious thing about fantasy people who you know are fantasy quote unquote analysts. We are not analysts. We are fantasy conversation starters. Like we literally just sit here and talk. The, the, the hilarious thing is yeah. a lot of people actually do like get legitimately mad when they're wrong about things. And 
you know, with us, we are going to be wrong about a lot of stuff, but we're at least going to talk about it and we're going to put bring up some good points and we're going to look at it in an analytical view. We were wrong about Brees. We hope he gets better. He's probably a good buy low right now, but we've got a lot of other injuries to talk about. So uh, before I rabbit trail, let's let's get over to this injury roundup. So I'll just go down the list here. We already kind of talked about Brees in terms of how let's I guess let's piggyback off of that in terms of how this affects, you know, the rest of the Jets. I mean, Michael, are, Michael Carter's a solid flex already. I think he's a solid flex. Yeah. The rest of the year. Oh, yeah. Do you think um, <laughs> they're going to be five and two or that good for long now that they've lost Brees? I or don't do you know. Think they take a significant step I mean, down? I mean the, the Giants are what? Five and one? Six, Six and, and one. one. So who freaking knows? I mean, I mean, who knows anything? What, what is the NFL? What is right the NFL, now? dude? Can, uh, can I go on a rabbit trail real quick? Yeah. It's our podcast. If yeah, people, okay, number, yeah. If, if they're listening, if you're listening, you don't like it, then then stop listening. But we don't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Okay, we we are in a day and an age now where we play in a quarterback league. Well, not we. We don't play in it, but we watch a, a league that's run by quarterbacks, and we are now seeing a league where analytics has uh, <laughs> taken the the front row seat and everyone wants to talk about analytics. Everyone wants to talk about how this is a coach's game. You know, your brilliant young minds like Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan are making it to the Super Bowl. They're winning with mid quarterbacks and all these different things. And then comes along Staley and then comes along Zach Taylor Ugh. and then comes along Matt LaFleur Ugh. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We, we, we love to say, and how, oh my gosh, we love to say that we are in a coach's league and, and that it's better than it ever has been before in terms of entertainment, maybe, yes. but it's also very comical seeing how this, I, I've watched, I, I'm not super old, but I've seen a lot of football and I've seen it more from what it used to be in the days of Peyton Manning to what it is now. And I, I do not think I've ever seen a season as disgusting as this one has been in terms of coaching, in terms of being prepared every yeah. single week, yeah. in in terms of players that are branded elite, just totally disappointing, um, in terms of coaches branded as brilliant minds. Brandon by, Staley, guys. Who, who, who says they're brilliant? Because they go for it on fourth down. Brandon this, Staley is an idiot. That's how you say it. You don't say brilliant. You say idiot. And the Chargers are the other team that I root for. Obviously, if you've listened to the show, you know that Justin Herbert is my favorite NFL player. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, trying to get my escape from the Colts. All like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to really just focus on the Chargers. Yeah, this every year. other and, game and I'm watching like, is crap. They suck. They're just as bad. I'm we're going to talk about Herbert later, but you know, people want to bash Herbert and I think at this point it's somewhat warranted because he has disappointed compared to what people's expectations were for him this year, but it's at a certain point. It's not all his fault. Stately is awful. I mean these guys we're the NFL is partially like it, it's fun because it's competitive and it's in it accounts for an, e, an even playing field, but a part of it is just crappy. Coaching. Uh, it is. 100% crappy coaching. The ones that are winning games right now are, are the most conservative. They are the ones that play hard-nosed football. They they work hard. They recognize that they're underdogs and don't have as much talent. I mean, we're talking about the Tennessee Titans here a lot, but a, a really outside of uh, outside of the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Bills, who seem to be the only teams that actually came to play this season. And, and they're all vulnerable, who, who too. Is, yeah, they're all very vulnerable. But who's left after that? Nobody. The, the five and one Vikings that every time they win, they look like crap. Like they're not going to be five and one for very long. And it, it just, 
it never ceases to amaze me. The, these, these labels that we put on these new coaches where we really know nothing about them. They're actually less qualified than guys like Brian Dable or the older guys who are getting head coaching jobs. They're just attractive because they're young. Sure. And they have less experience than everyone else I does. Think, I think Dable's and brilliant young minds that you can just translate that as they're careless with the football and they go for it on fourth. Down. Say it how you want it, but I'm looking at the last coaching cycle. Dable's out coaching all the young guys for sure. Peterson is out coaching all the young guys. I mean, Peterson's old and he's not that great of a coach, but honestly, but he, at least he's, well, I mean, I mean they're two and you would five take now, Pe- you take Peterson over Staley. Uh, oh yeah. And Hackett. Yes. And Taylor. Yes. I, I mean, it's, it, it is, it is truly comical. It does add an interesting aspect to the fantasy side of things. Yeah. Too, like, well, that's, that's what's made this season so insane it is, you know, guys like uh, McDaniels. A lot of people don't like, Josh McDaniels, the the new head coach. I wonder why for the Raiders. It's because well, it's because he's a super boring coach and he likes to run the ball. Um, But look what that's done to Josh Jacobs. That's why we love Josh Jacobs in the offseason is because of look what the running backs in New England did every single year. Now, we didn't like dynasty running backs for New England while McDaniels was there because they filtered through them like crazy. But Josh Jacobs this year in terms of contender value, my gosh, he's he's going to be a league winner. Yeah, and it's just guys like that, that, that run the ball. They give the players or they give the ball to the best players on the team, which that seems to be the new cool thing for these brilliant young minds is to not put the ball in the hands of their best players. It makes no sense to me yeah, whatsoever. I don't, I don't understand. There, you go. there goes my rabbit trail. Right. I'm done. Yeah. Let's, let's get a little bit more organized here. So um, injury wise, Mike Williams has a high ankle sprain. I did see that video and it was really hard to watch, but you know, I didn't see the bone. I, I mean, like honestly, when that, when that crap happens and he actually breaks something, you usually see the bone. Like you can see when it, breaks. Yeah, I didn't see it. I wondered if that's what it was. I said, I think they also said two to five weeks. Um, so that obviously hurts me because I'm a, I'm a, you know, Chargers fan and oh, yeah. I have a lot of Mike Williams shares. That hits me big time in one, one league that I'm in where I'm already short. It hits receiver. me in, in all stars. Like, it, um, it kills me. I, I don't have anybody. I've had Dobbins and Allen, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I'm like, and Jonathan <sighs> Taylor. I'm like, can I uh, catch Man. a break, please? I don't want to yeah. flex Chase Claypool every week. Um, <laughs> So he'll be back. And Njoku has the same thing. Thank goodness. I mean, these guys don't have serious injuries because Njoku especially has been a guy really that's popped off this season. It's been really fun to watch because it's one of those things where, you know, kind of like he's kind of the Brevin Jordan opposite because Brevin Jordan, he's been hurt a little bit this year, but everybody, you know, expected really big things from Brevin Jordan. He really hasn't done anything. Now, Njoku was somebody who hadn't really done some, hadn't really done a whole lot in terms of like body of work in the past. And we had some expectations for him this year, and he's actually came in and produced. I'm excited to see him with Deshaun. I'm also excited to see if that actually hurts him and Jacoby Brissett being the limited quarterback that he is and relying on his tight end. I wonder how that's going to affect Njoku. Yeah, but we're going to find out in two to five weeks because he's got a high ankle mm-hmm. sprain. Yep. So yeah, I'm I'm really ex- I'm thinking I'm more excited to see what Amari Cooper is going to do once Deshaun is back because I I don't think um, when Deshaun played he was one of the most one of the highest producing fantasy quarterbacks there is and um but in terms of like the tight ends that he was playing with i don't think they ever really produced that much no. though he's never had a tight end like njoku i think that'll be an interesting pairing to see if he can actually capitalize on the athletic ability that njoku has or if he's just going to be slinging it to amari and david bell and maybe dpj yeah totally fair uh yeah so we, we obviously both those guys wish them best luck and recovery let's talk about Amon Ross St. Brown you know and you know what if you're offended by what I say turn it off I don't I mean I don't care if you're offended it's my it's my show and honestly 
a lot of you guys are in, are ridiculous and go out of your lane and talk about crap you don't know about. And for, first of all, if you're listening to this, if you're a medical doctor, thanks for doing what you do. Like medical doctors are cool and you probably know what the heck you're talking about. If you're not, then don't act like you are because honestly, the new rule that, that caused Amon Ra to miss a game when he really didn't have to. Do you not, Nathan, do you not see the flaws with this rule? Am I, am I crazy for, for criticizing this new rule? No, it's pretty much as bad as the uh, roughing the passer rule. Why? Right so now, so that's going on. So let me just ask you a simple question. Why did they put this rule in place? To protect football players sure. that are getting paid millions of dollars to play. Would they football. have done it? Would they have done it if they had not felt the heat by pretty much everybody? No, no. This is this is purely you, reactive based on what happened reactive. with Tua. Because if this was on a they thought Tua had a concussion. He didn't before, which he did not. You, I, I don't know how this wasn't recognized by the NFL or by anyone else that saw that injury when with the first one when he played Buffalo. He reacted the exact same way that Mahomes did in that playoff game against the Browns a couple years ago. Remember that? Yeah. He like he just melted no, on the field and, I, and he I, couldn't stay any balance. And it's 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 an equilibrium thing. The guys in the fantasy group chat said that there's no other if you if you're acting like that, then you have to have a concussion. You, you're not you're not a doctor. You, have you don't no know what idea. concussions are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it could it, I mean, it could easily be a neck injury, a spine injury. I, I'm I, I'm saying that because I'm asking people that actually know what the heck they're talking about. Yeah, this should be called you the two. This should be called the two of rule. And, 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 I don't honestly, know and honestly, this, this is, spotter this thing is, is, is ridiculous. If this were actually medically backed, then we would be doing this based on some kind of new medical research that led to some realizations that look, we need to be evaluating concussions differently. You really, I mean, do you think there had been no time put into the concussion rules before this new tour rule was in place? I mean, they're changing it because they felt the heat from fans. And honestly, it's because fans are ignorant and they act like they know what they're talking about. When in reality, none of, number one, none of us are doctors. But number two, we, we decide we want to get mad at things. And, and somebody always has to be the big bad wolf. And in this case, it was the Dolphins doctors in the NFL. And that just was blatantly disregarding yeah. all player safety and health. First, there's a lot of factors yes. here that people and, don't know. Yeah, and, th and this is what I will say. I will take my L on this because I think all of us did react a certain way when we saw to his injury, his second injury against the Bengals on Thursday night. We saw him on the ground doing his weird like finger thing and we were like, shoot. Well, it was someone. Someone needs to get fired because he he should not have been playing in this game is all of our all of our thoughts when we started, including myself. And then as time went on and we kind of looked back, you know, hindsight's always 2020. 20, and then we kind of see the, the resulting rules that are coming out of this. This is starting to look stupid. But but I will say to start with, I was one of those people that thought it looked bad on the NFL. Listen, you do you not remember what I said to you that night? You said I said we need to chill. I said we need to. I said we need to wait until we have the facts before we start. Yes. Yeah. And I. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I wasn't. Yeah. I was not on that train for this reason because I figured the dolphins, the medical doctors on the dolphins, probably know what the heck they're doing. This, this is a rabbit trail. Regardless, I think the rule is stupid, and now it's causing you know guys that want to play football, Amon Ra, St. Brown, to miss their games, and it's ridiculous. And you know, obviously, it affects us as fantasy players, and we see you know well, Amon Ra, St. Brown is going to be our wide receiver one for a team. And now they didn't have their wide receiver one because of this dumb rule. But honestly, it's not even that important. And when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, fantasy is pretty irrelevant compared to player safety or even player morale. And, and having yeah. to sit a game because 
because yeah. the fans were angry about Tua. Mm-hmm. I, it's yeah. bullcrap. Well, that's a frustrating thing too, and that's with the rule changes. What I was expecting was when someone is diagnosed with a concussion, that they would just be forced to sit out X number of days or X number of weeks, depending on the level of the concussion, that it would just be extended. That once you're medically cleared, that you have to still like that you have to miss another game or something like that. What I didn't expect is that anytime someone ever gets hit in the head in a football, no, game, not hit in the head, just hit, just hit in a football game. And they're a little bit shaken up because they got hit by a 250 pound linebacker or whatever it was that they would just be pulled out of the game because they automatically have a concussion opinion like that. That makes no sense at all. Here's my opinion. And I, I th- that's overkill. I think football has gotten softer. I think the fans have gotten incredibly soft. Here's a fact. Most of you guys, it's especially like in our fantasy group chats. You don't know what the heck you're talking about when it comes to medicine. So don't act like you do. Uh, unfortunate that he had to miss the game though. All right, let's get into our main storylines for this week. I want to talk. I think we should probably talk first about Matt Ryan. So um, you know, talking. Holy crap! Uh oh. All right, quick trade breakdown. I just got, <laughs> I just got a crazy offer. So pick a side: Saquon Barkley, AJ Dillon, and DeAndre Hopkins, or Kenneth Walker, Devonta Smith in a second. Oh, oh man! I hate AJ Dillon. Any side here's with thing, AJ Dillon, I thing, hate. Though. But. I'm not. I'm not. Saquon's upside. Saquon's ceiling is always and forever higher than Kenneth Walker's. I'm not contending in this league. That's what's funny. I'm trying to tank, and I'm I'm six and one. And you're getting those offers. I'm six and one, and I just got that offer. That's it's DD six counter. Oh well, 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 I don't even know if you should counter because that's such a good deal. We'll talk about it after. That's uh, I just I had to. That's a big trade. Okay, maybe maybe counter back without the second because Devontae Smith. Yeah, Devonte Smith is so good, dude. And AJ it's, Dillon's not doing anything. Talk about one thing we were right about is Devonte Smith all off season. Oh yeah, we were. All right. Um. So Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, if you have him, obviously he was a good super flex option, good backup option. Now he's not a good option for anything because although he has a shoulder injury, the guy was getting benched anyways. And Sam Ellinger's now the Ellinger is now Ellinger. Ellinger's now the starter for the Indianapolis Colts. So let's talk about how this is a big one. Let's talk about how this affects a lot of fantasy relevant players. Let's start first with Sam Ellinger, who is on the waiver wire in most of our dynasty leagues. Spend every single dollar you have left on your waiver wire and go get him. We are in week. We are approaching week eight of the NFL season. Everyone on waivers that's relevant has is, is basically gone. The only way you're ever going to get anyone of relevance from here on out is if some major injury occurs from week eight to 14. And at this point with Sam Ellinger, who has rushing upside, who's on a team with a lot of really good weapons, even receiving weapons, like I, I'm spending everything I have left on him. Because at FAAB, why do you have to be conservative with with, with your money? In, in waivers. Why? I mean, it, Why? I think, if, I think if only, you're going to get a starting quarterback, go pay it all for him. I think the only good answer would be if you get in a pinch latent in the season with injuries and there are good guys in the waiver that you can have a little bit of bidding. Okay. Well, if you're at a pinch later in the season and it really matters that much and you're a con- contender, then go pay a draft pick and get a player that you can start. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I, I mean, you're I'm not going to get anyone. I, I didn't completely of empty. I, I, I wasn't completely emptying. I was going, but I was making pretty big bids like I com- I completely emptied. Well, now I have to outbid you. So that stinks. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to tell I'm you. Gonna, I, I'm well, gonna, no one's going to be able to outbid me on the one where I, I have a thousand dollars total because I haven't spent any of it. I have a thousand. And now I just leaks. I just I just 
did a thousand. I haven't. So. I haven't spent any FABs in any of my leagues. So it, it's, it's going to come down. Go to the, spend it all on. It's going to. I'm serious. It's going to come down to the waiver orders. But in terms of like um, <clears throat> how Sam Ellinger can produce, I, I mean the guy has some rushing upside. Here's the thing with Matt Ryan. I mean the the and we're Colts fans, so this is obviously painful. But the main deal with Matt Ryan was that he's probably the most immobile quarterback this year I've ever seen in my life. Like as immobile as Big Ben, no joke. In his final years, and the Colts' offensive line sucks. You cannot win football games with that combination. Not to mention Matt Ryan cannot throw on the run. So even when he was escaping pressure, he was not making good throws. Matt Ryan was not making good decisions. Matt Ryan is clearly not the skill wise, not the quarterback he was even four years ago. I mean, five years ago, the man six years ago, the man won MVP. He's not there. So with with the Colts and people want to people are fairly confident the Colts are tanking completely. I think the Colts think they can win with Sam Ellinger. I think they might be delusional because of that, but I think I don't. I'm not convinced they're full out tanking. I think, and you know what? I think Sam Ellinger gives them just as good a chance to win as Matt Ryan does. And honestly, that's not saying much. I also think this about because you have to consider obviously the you know the other weapons on the Colts and how this affects them in terms of the receivers. I, I've seen a lot of tweets today. Look, go sell these receivers, offload these receivers. We're done with these receivers. This is a nightmare situation. <sighs> I mean, I'm not sure it is because my prediction and th- and this is, you know, just coming from somebody who has watched the Colts plenty and is, you know, this is founded in at least some knowledge. The only thing I probably have knowledge on stupid Colts. I don't think I don't think Sam Ellinger is going to be a situation where they're only going to pass the ball 15 times a game. I don't think this is a bear no. situation. However, counter counterpoints to that. They are not going to throw the ball. 40 to 50 times a game like Matt Ryan. Now here's, here's the pro to Ellinger and here's why it's so nice that he can actually move is Matt. Yes. Matt Ryan threw the ball 58 times last week, 58 times. The, the difference is his yards per attempt were so low. I mean, when you're watching those passes, they are like dink and dunk five to seven yard passes. You can't even do that. And in while Pittman's volume may go down while Pierce's volume may go down, Possibly, actually, I think of all the people that take a hit, Paris will take a hit from this. But Ellinger is actually theoretically he's going to be able to push the ball down the field, and you're going to be able to get more explosive plays from Pittman, more explosive plays from Pierce. And we haven't really seen any of that from Pittman this season yet, at all. So I I could see the pass attempts and end up averaging anywhere from like twenty to thirty maybe leveling out around like 25. And I think that's going to be okay for Pittman and Pierce specifically. If you have Paris, sell the heck out of him now, man. If you're getting a second form, sell him now. But uh, for, yeah, for Pittman and Pierce, I think, I, I don't think this really affects them that much really at all. So <sighs> I don't think so either. And I think they're going to have, I think they're going to have decent red zone potential in terms of scoring touchdowns. I do think they're going to, I think Sam Ellinger, Sam Ellinger, gosh, I cannot Pat. I think he'll pass the ball 20 to 30 times a game, which is maybe 25, 35. Well, yeah, that's what I just said. Anywhere from 20 to 30 times a game. And you know, honestly, I, I people on it, it might end up being a situation where, and especially in dynasty and Michael Pittman has been overvalued for the longest time. Alec Pierce is going to be a buy again. Michael Pittman might actually be a buy again. That would be huge. I mean, it, I'm, we need to watch closely, and I think you need to watch closely how this affects Michael Pittman's value in Dynasty because it honestly could tank to a level where 
you know, like I said, this isn't going to super matter in terms of. Sorry, I saw this blew my drink. <laughs> I couldn't tell if the lid was off. <laughs> it's not going to super matter, and I don't think in terms of their opportunity. I, I think I think it's possible they produce less, but I think I think people think that they're just going to give the ball to JT a ton. Which honestly, why aren't they doing that before? But JT's the other guy. Let's talk about him. I do think JT's production goes up. I think Naheem Hines' production Big goes time. up. I, I I think you should have never sold JT, and if you did, now you're probably going to look kind of dumb because JT's probably about to pop off. But JT, yeah. I, I would let's expect Jonathan Taylor to get some heavy production, have heavy volume, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how it affects. I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't. I wasn't. I wasn't doing much with the Colts tight ends before. Anyways, I'm still not doing anything now. Yeah, and I I know it's really hard to do QB analysis and stuff like that, and we don't really always love to go into whenever we watch a quarterback how good they look or not because we we can't measure that just like any NFL team doesn't measure that perfectly. In fact, their their chances of hitting are super low, but. We have watched Sam Ellinger more than probably about 99% of the dynasty community because we're Colts fans and it feels like there's not many of us out there. And we watched every preseason game. We've watched every minute that Sam Ellinger has ever played in, in, in training camp in preseason and actually even in college when I, I watched him at Texas and I really liked him then. I will say that his rushing upside is no joke. They they would do design run plays with him in the preseason here and there. Um, and he had he was incredibly accurate with his passing and they didn't ask too much of him. Yeah. Obviously, the play calling is like a shell of what it is in the regular season in the, in the preseason, but he is very capable and there's probably going to be some clips that people will have discovered where they're going to see like all these throws from the preseason that he made. Someone's going to come up with this compil compilation of all the plays that he made and take that with a grain of salt, understand that it is a preseason, but also it may be worthwhile going, going back and seeing what he did do, not just his big plays, but, but what is he doing in the pocket? What is he doing outside of the pocket? Is he able to elude those sacks? And that's going to be really important to keep an eye on. I would say that it's, it, it could be good. In for, in it, reality, it'll be good for fantasy for in, sure. In reality, in terms of fantasy production, we really have almost no idea what to expect because he's never started a game. Well, in his with, with we his, know he has some rushing upside. Yeah. We know he can pass the with ball. the deep balls that he made in the preseason though. Like he, has shown that he can be accurate down the field. And I don't even think he needs to be that accurate because the Colts drafted Pittman and Alec Pierce, the two big dudes to win those 50, 50 balls. If Pierce can just get it to them over the top and give them an opportunity of 50, 50 chance to win the ball, they'll turn that into a 55, 45, a 60, 40 chance of getting that ball. And that's all you can really ask for. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about uh, Travis Etienne. Let's move on here. We've got, a, we've got, I think, four or five running backs we want to cover here. A lot of running back shifting going on, like, in the dynasty hierarchy here. And a big riser that I've got in the buy windows. Guys, the, we told you to buy him. We told you on the podcast. We told you on our shorts. And now Travis Etienne, you can't buy. He's 23, obviously. He, you know, this is technically his rookie year. Um... Before last week, his highest snap percentage, obviously he was splitting with James Robinson, was in week five against Houston. He played 53% of the snaps. This week, he played 80% of the snaps. He had 14 rushes for 114 yards on 8.1 yards per carry. He had five receptions. Or no, he had five targets. He only had one reception for five yards. In, in the rest of the games, though, he's been getting two to three receptions and adding to that. But we saw it in terms of, you know, in Travis Etienne, a guy that... 
the five targets is great. He needs to obviously bring in more of those, but we liked his targets and we liked his receiving upside coming out of college. We liked that and compared him to Kamara and, and said, put him in there with Swift. But now, I mean, number one, you're seeing he, this is his first week where he's gotten the heavy majority of the snaps and he, he puts up 19 points in, in fantasy. He's 23. You can't buy him anymore. But now, I mean, if you have him, you are going to ride this train up because he is quickly skyrocketing. And what do you? What did you watch any of Etienne's? Did you watch any of his stuff from Sunday? No, I didn't watch it. But I did. I mean, I saw the game before where they played the Colts, and I remember telling you, I was like, dude, this guy is so much better than James Robinson. And why the heck did Peterson not give him the ball? Because every time he touched it, he was getting eight yards. Isn't it interesting, like how the running back committees are sorting themselves out now? Because you have, I mean him and Robinson were splitting staffs and they never should have been Gibson is the RB two or RB three in Washington. And he should be the starter. Clyde Edwards, yeah. Alaire consistently looks solid in Kansas city and he's getting benched for Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, it, it is hilarious how, and the depth charts are sorting themselves out in the NFL and it's really making it hard to start running backs in fantasy. And I think it's made, I think it's made fantasy football more wide receiver dependent recently because you have these guys. Yeah. That's something we've never seen before. Tyree kill Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs, yeah. Cooper uh, cup. Yeah. And that's an issue that we've all been dealing with is, is, you and me and Simon in our rebuild leagues, we focused on receiver and wanted to focus on running back later, like a year or two down the road when we're set at every other position sure. and we're winning games by a lot because all of our rookie receivers or second, third year receivers are putting up points. And then the Eno Benjamins that we got in on waivers or whatever are putting up 20 points. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And and that is either a a rebuild strategy or be the no running back strategy. And people who are no running back strategy are having literally the time of their lives this year because you can, I mean that honestly has turned out to be an amazing strategy and, and, and with, you know, obviously, like I said, with this turmoil, there have been a couple young risers. Another one here is obviously Kenneth Walker. So I, I just want to talk about, you know, Walker again, because he put up 19 last week and 14 the week before that, this week, it keeps going up. He had 29 points in fantasy leagues. He played 73% of the snaps. They gave him 23 attempts. He rushed for 168 yards at seven yards per carry. He had two touchdowns. Now, obviously, I saw a lot I like from Kenneth Walker. Obviously, everybody wants to talk about the burst and the explosiveness. And yeah, he is very explosive. He is one of the most explosive you know, running backs I've seen in the NFL. He, w- he only had 15 points until that last possession run that he got, the, the breakaway run in the late fourth quarter, uh, yeah, right? a, a jackpot because you that's, know, obviously, that's exactly obviously that's thinking. a 13 point. That's a 13 point play. So with Kenneth Walker, obviously he can break a play like that off at any time. Let's talk. Let's let's try to be because we really like Kenneth Walker and we have since the draft. Let's try to be semi impartial impartial here. One concern we have, and this is you can find this on our YouTube page. We did a short about Kenneth Walker. One concern we have and some and a couple others. Number one, his lack of receiving upside. Number two, the potential for him to have a pretty high touchdown dependency rate. And number three his also his potential to have a big play dependency rate because you're looking at Kenneth Walker. 15 points is great. And in a league and in a, in a landscape where running backs really aren't performing to the levels we thought they were besides guys like Austin Eckler, who is just a complete boss. 15 points is going to get it done. Now, with with Kenneth Walker and with honestly any running back and Chubb is the same way. I think Simon's comp for Walker in terms of how he produces in fantasy is Chubb. And I think it's a really good comp. You know, Chubb's not getting a lot of targets there, um, but he is so I mean, Chubb is such a good, true running back. that He's constantly getting finding himself in the end zone 
and, and honestly, I mean, you're giving up a lot for a 21 year old Nick Chubb, aren't you? Yeah. But as a career dynasty asset, what was he valued at consistently? Probably just top eight. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think I, that's where Walker's going to lie. And so not and, top and, three. And so the problem has become that he is now climbing into the top three of in places. He I'm, I'm not there yet. And this is another thing we could be wrong about, but here's, here's the main reason I am reluctant to put him in top three right now is because very, very soon we have running backs that are just straight up better prospects than Kenneth Walker ever was that are, that are coming into the NFL next season. Uh, I mean, Bijan at this point is looking like he's going to be generational. Bijan, I mean, Bijan at this point is looking like he'll be the and only one. Gibbs, Gibbs is like a first round draft capital. Gibbs is going to be first round draft capital Eckler basically with his receiving upside. Gibbs, so Gibbs is going to be maybe, maybe the RB two. I mean, yeah, I mean, like at, this, at this point, we could see Jonathan Taylor rapidly, very soon losing his RB one. You know what we should do soon? Um, we should do a sh- we should do a, a twenty three rookie mock and do it as a YouTube short. I've been thinking about that. Oh, that'd be interesting. We could do, we don't have to do it live. We do it before and then talk and break down each player. But yeah. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, people are going to get excited about these guys, and it is going to push Kenneth Walker down the rankings. In terms yeah. of right now, I I do think I'd probably put him in the top five right now. Yeah, because, because there's no because, one else. Because Swift, there's, no, there's Swift nobody else. Let's Swift can't be in the field. Let's talk about DeAndre Swift. Right, yeah. I, gosh. I don't know. Is it? Do I ha- do I have to take an L for this one? Is it? Is it an L? Like because Swift is good and he's produced when he's been on the field and that's what I said he would do. I, I never said he was a durable player, but honestly, you know, ranking him at number two, I sh- probably should. You know, most of the offseason, I probably should have taken into account the durability thing. And he he showed that he really couldn't stay on the field before. And now I'm getting kind of frustrated for a couple of reasons. And we've talked about this already, so we won't we won't totally harp on this. But Swift being out again this week just sucks. I mean, it just sucked. And 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 honestly, with as talented as the guy is, the best ability is availability. And 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 this guy cannot stay on the field. Not to mention he's getting all of his red zone touches taken by Jamal Williams. I think those two things are seriously capping DeAndre Swift's dynasty value. We've moved him down um, for the time being. I, I don't know. I'm kind of scared of Swifty now. I mean, I'm getting kind of scared of Swifty and dynasty. I think if you have somebody that's super, super high on Swift still because his injuries aren't long term, I, I don't think he's necessarily a bad sell because he's such a risky asset at this point. So on keep trade cut, Swifty has fallen all the way down to shoot. I can't, I can't even find him. Oh, he he's, he's down to RB five now. And he, he, no, I, I was looking lower than that. I thought he'd fallen further, but he's missed three games his rookie season, four games, his sophomore season this year. He's been out for four games now and his usage his usage his usage hasn't even been that insane when he plays like his his they're snap, not using him right no well his snap percentage he's putting up twenty six points with sixty seven percent snaps percentage fifty one percent his second week this year the man is is one and, of the but, most but that's kind of my concern is like you you have these guys like Eckler who are used in a very efficient way where he only has like sixty he only plays sixty percent of the snaps but he puts up thirty six points and he's healthy Swift isn't playing every single snap and he still can't stay healthy. I don't. I don't want to get to the point yet where You're I'm not, saying that you have any Swift shares. No, I have zero zero Swift shares. I wonder how many I have. I think two. Zero Swift shares. Zero Swift shares. I think I have two. Right, so if you did have Swift shares, what would you be doing with them right now? Holding them. Absolutely holding. Them. I'm not. I'm not selling them. 
I have one share. I'm not selling him. Not yet. I'm not doing that until really I because I the only thing I'm thinking about here, and I know this is this is a poor faulty comp, but like Saquon Barkley is in the last year of his rookie deal, everyone had all but given up on him. It felt like in dynasty, no one thought he was going to come back because he was quote injury prone when he struggled with injury for the last two years. I kind of see similarities here where Swift is an elite producer on the field and he's missed. I mean, he hasn't missed a ton of time his first two seasons. He's missed three and four games respectively. And that's, that is a big deal. But I, I mean, Saquon missed more than that in two seasons. Sure. And I, I don't want to get to that point because he's no, still Saquon, under his rookie contract. With like, Saquon, even with CMC, it was always these bigger injuries that just kept him out. These are just the, little, the, the, these, these are, are little, little guys. Nagging things well, that the, are just consistently. And that's the one thing is it's, it's been a consistent thing now with his shoulder. I mean, he, he had everybody going to deal issues. with injuries in their NFL career, most likely, unless you're just incredible. I, I, this is a little bit different. This is one of those things like the guy cannot stay fully healthy. And it's causing him to not miss or to not play games. It's a really tough situation. Yeah, but I, I'm serious. You have one share of them. I'm not selling that one share. Of no, them. and it's not a contending team, so I don't really care. Uh, if he falls outside of the top eight, he's a buy. Yeah, uh, because it's not a Najee Harris sort of thing. But are you like, going and buying him though? If he falls outside of the top, you, eight, you I'm still buying would. Him. I, oh yeah, I don't think I would. I think I, I that you know there are like there are legitimately forty percent of players I do not touch in Dynasty, and I I have my yeah. pool of play. I mean I've just noticed that Swift has fallen into my pool. I it's just I try I go with the less risky guys almost every single time, and you know sometimes it means less reward. Sometimes it just means you know with Tyree Kill who's who's heavy in my circle. It just means that people were down on him for no reason, and I was taking advantage of that. And yeah. he's not risky. Yeah, if if you're curious about what he's been struggling with injury wise the last couple of seasons, DeAndre Swift. Uh, first injury was a hip, next one was a concussion. Uh, then these are the ones that I really care most about: is the groin, AC joint sprain, ankle sprain, and shoulder strain. Yeah, no, I don't like it. It's um, Cause for all, I think, all the same. I, areas, I think cause for so. concern, and let's let's see how this plays out. But I think we're concerned about Swift, a guy we're not concerned about, and we never were concerned about is Josh Jacobs. I, I think Simon was. We weren't. Simon is. I mean, Simon <laughs> is the most reactive person I ever met. In my life. I traded but a Devi second and Damian Harris for Josh Jacobs. I clapped in the for you in the mic. Oh, thank you. Sounded awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, if you are listening to this and you want to know how to win your your dynasty leagues or you want to know how hard is it to win a dynasty league, here's all you need to know. The night of the Hall of Fame game, the Hall of Fame game on Twitter, the night of the Hall of Fame <laughs> game, people were saying that Josh Jacobs was straight up 100% screwed, completely worthless, out of a job, burnt, including Simon, including a guy from our own circle. Shame. It is that is the that is that is all you need to know. That's how easy it is to win a dynasty league. You want to play dynasty? It's easy. It's like free money. It honestly is free money. We obviously have a lot of really good dynasty players in our leagues, a ton of them. But that is literally the worst take I've ever heard in my life to to make an assumption after a Hall of Fame game. Look at the guys who sold Josh Jacobs after that game for nothing, especially the contending ones. Look at them now. And they went and they went and they bought Zamir White, who, by the way, um, Sucks. His, his he just had the most snap snap share he's ever had so far against Houston in week seven nine percent <laughs> one carry for two yards 
That man, awesome. that man is special. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Look, and even if you really think if Josh Jacobs doesn't get re-signed to the Raiders next year, he's not going somewhere else. I don't know. I think you're. I think people are realizing the contender value of Josh Jacobs and his value. His price has gone up quite a bit, but you want that's just, that was my at main, this I point. Think that was my main point. Is you yeah. want to know how easy it is to win a dynasty league? Go read people's Twitter receipts after the Hall of the Hall of Fame guys. The Hall of Fame game is like not even a true <laughs> preseason game. It's it's literally like y'all y'all stink. You, you are everybody. I mean, too, we are too reactive as a fantasy community. We are way too quick to jump to decisions. And honestly, the best strategy in fantasy is to keep your head above the waves. Keep your head above the waves. There are going to be a ton of huge waves that come crashing. And then it's going to be like, whoa, it's, uh, the water's sinking out from under me. If like you, Jonathan Taylor spraining his you, ankle. Yes. If you just are not so reactive to things, if you just stay consistent and, and not freak out during your dynasty season, that you're, is the best. I mean, you're sitting pretty. You're going to be fine. If you didn't freak out when Tyreek got traded to the Dolphins, you're sitting pretty. I, I, I can give you a thousand examples. It's easy to win a dynasty league. Just uh, and we told you after the hall. I mean, we said after the whole thing. Yeah. Simon sat here and told us otherwise, which uh, hey, Simon Whatever, hit on Brees Hall. We told you Brees yeah. Hall was bad. So yep. uh, <laughs> what does this mean for Josh Jacobs dynasty value? What does because this mean for he's Mark? he's literally a t- <laughs> <laughs> Thought that's, that's what funny. You're gonna say. No. Um, what does this mean for his long term dynasty value? I told you, obviously, his I contender told value is obvious. But no, but is I, he going to get re signed by the Raiders? He'll get re signed somewhere I, and he's going to run the ball. Look, are we I'm not convinced you. that Josh Jacobs is a capable NFL running back and capable as a, a fantasy production? I mean, producer? I said this in the offseason. I said it after the Hall of Fame game. I'll say it now. Josh Jacobs, it doesn't really matter if he gets re signed with the Raiders. Number one, he's, I, I, we I, said. I love his usage. Obviously, it would affect things if he didn't get re-signed, but he's a good enough running back. It really doesn't matter where he goes. He's going to produce. Yeah, so far, his uh, career carries um, are 843. So, so he's about halfway there. Uh, yeah, just over halfway What's there. What's Eckler at? Will you look at Eckler's career carries for me? Yeah, talk about something. Because we're going to talk why, about Eckler now. Why calculate this? Because so, talk about a guy, man, if... It's Chris it's Collinsworth right Staley, there. Staley sucks. Let me just say, Staley is so bad. But if he has done one thing right as a coach, it's using Austin Eckler in the way that he should be utilized. And that is super efficient play in 60% snapshot. Yeah, give me his... I need his career carries because at this point, we have to determine if he's if his price is low enough that he's still a buy. Because dude, honestly... You know, you know, you know listen, this is what I was preaching all offseason. Dude, you his were... His touches so, were like... I need to take my L. I think... Well, and this was early in the offseason. I, I, I think... I'm going to plead ignorant here. I've learned a lot since then. I, <laughs> I, I was saying Austin Eckler was... A, a, guys, Austin Eckler is still the RBA on Keep Trade Cup. He's still a buy. Dude, the man is the RB1 overall in fantasy right now. They look at his age, not his touches. They look at his age, not his touches. And people I say, bought, well, I, he's caught the ball a lot. Catching the ball is completely different than carrying the ball. When you run the ball, you uh, the, there's a reason wide receivers last longer than running backs do, like an extra four years, is because it takes more of a toll on your body when you run it as opposed to catching it. Eckler is primarily catching the ball. Do you want a league winner for three years? Everybody who is contending should say yes. Go buy Austin Eckler. He's being sold at RB8 price and he's an RB1 in dynasty or in fantasy. And honestly, he's a top four running he back. He has in 691 career touches, career carries, 
691. I bought it. How many Echo shares do you have? Curious. A lot. I have, um, let me count here. I've got one, two. That's really sad. I only have two. Oh, I have, no, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, I have two. I wish I had more, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I have them in one of my big contending leagues. I, I'm actually one of the best teams in that league, but dude, I'm I'm oh. probably the best team in both of leagues. Yeah, man. yeah, and I, I and I will say like I know I was bragging about myself and me saying this in the off season. Yeah, he is 28 years prideful. old, but I I will not take my full dub on this yet because I did say he does have the chance to last and, and be very fantasy relevant until he's 30 years old. He's not 30 years old yet, so we we'll see what he does two years down the road. But sure. right now, man, he has shown but no I, signs. At this point, I agree with you though. No signs of so. depreciation. So there you go. You were the Austin Eckler truther and you won. Thank you. And and at this point, I, I still think Austin Eckler's price is good. He's again, he's a league winner. Go get him. The 12 receptions last game. Are you serious on 12 targets? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Let, let's talk about another guy that uh, that you have been just obsessed I'll, I'll, with I'll the entire offseason. Thank you. Well, it, you take your regular season dub. I've been with you for this regular season, but DeAndre Hopkins at this point, he's a league winner and not just because of his own ability. I mean, it's De- DeAndre Hopkins. He's one of the best receivers to ever play the game, Facts. but the Marquise Brown injury was huge. We haven't talked about this yet in the pod because oh, yeah, we, we haven't in two been, weeks, but Marquise Brown is on IR. He's out until at least November. Marquise Brown was popping off too. Oh yeah. I mean the targets he was getting are crazy and who yeah. do you think is getting these targets now? D hop, D hop, D hop, D hop, D hop. And D hop honestly is a better receiver than Marquise Brown. Well, I mean like by far. Oh, he's a better receiver. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're, you're talking about a guy who's going to get just as many targets. He's a better talent. He's on a good offense. He's, I mean, Kyler obviously loves throwing him the ball. I, D hop, where's let's okay, let's let's use crappy keep trade cut. Ugh. But it's again, it's it's how we see if guys are being vet why does she for 38? If you're yeah. a contender, you should have D hop on every team. Oh yeah, you should be you should be buying them for what people are selling them for, which is like a second? A second. That is crazy. Two seconds. But I mean, uh, again, I mean, this is the stuff we're talking about. If you can get as a person who is rebuilding, like if you can get Pierce, Alec Pierce and give up D hop like you were saying that we really liked that deal. That's fair. We thought that was fair. I love Pierce, but really, yeah, but honestly D hop's going to win you a league and Alec Pierce is not exactly now. Alec Pierce gives you a lot more long term value, but again, that's why your rebuilding team is acquiring. Him. Yeah, and now we, we've seen one week of production from uh, from a Cardinals team that finally scored a high number of points. They haven't been able to do that most of the season. We'll see what D hop can do from here on out. We don't want to overreact after one week of him producing, but I mean, you can't, you can't help but be excited as a contender. If you went and you bought D hop for a discount when people were low on him, I did, you did Yes, like you're, you're flying high. You're looking real, real good because D hop is a guy that you're flexing. You weren't starting him in your first three receiver spots, obviously because he was out for six games, but DeAndre Hopkins is one of the few guys that you can expect to produce at a high level at least for this year after coming back from being suspended for performance enhancing drugs you can Heads. you you can question his long-term outlook and his dynasty value from here on out uh, uh, after this season I, I don't have a problem with that exactly we did a short on that go check out YouTube but man for now like th- there, there's no question you should be paying the price at this point for a contender curious, like he's he's one of the cheapest um, assets that you can get as a contender that will literally win you leagues. He, yeah, I'm telling win, you, you have, have them on every contending roster. At this point, just having seen what, what I mean, knowing what we know, our our disagreement is obviously long term. 
Yeah. Do you, would you we be, look two would, or three years? Down you, I obviously wouldn't be surprised if you were right because he, the man is 30. Would you be surprised if I was right too? Uh, no. Okay. I, I think I think that's the point we're at. I, I feel like I, I could go either we, way. We got pretty heated in our argument and stuff, but after seeing what he, after seeing what he did over the last ten years, like, I feel like we can kind of walk away with this argument, sort of shaking hands and being like, that's well, understandable. I, and I could, both. And, and we're not going to know. And, like, for- I'll I'll definitely give you your dub and a lot of respect if you end up being right on that argument. I mean, it's just a guess, but it, it, yeah, it really is. It's, it still is a guess. So, because a lot of this is also dependent on his injury. I will take, like, I will take the dub on the Hopkins cream hunt argument though. I do think Hopkins is a better guy to have on a continued team right now. Yeah. Yes. I'll give you that. So that was yep. a while ago because their dynasty outlook is about the same. And yes. I said, you know what, right now, since Kareem is playing an entire season, I'll take you know him. What's funny. He has done well, but he doesn't yeah. have, he doesn't have, you know, what's funny about that, too, that, that, that argument is Simon was, arguing the same thing you were and Simon was taking that dub like he wasn't. Did, did you see that? Yes. I yes. was like, dude, you were literally that, arguing yeah, the same funny. thing against me. I was yeah. like, that we is, need to go. We need to go back to that pot. I it's that really, funny. it's really funny how that all played out. Another guy. This is just a note. Jamar Chase. If you doubted him, you shouldn't have. He's he's he's. he's it. Did we doubt him? No, no, no. Because we we're, kept, we're we kept just realistic. Because we did not we did not react to the highs and lows. You stay through it. Jamar Chase is one of the best receivers in the league and probably the second best fantasy wide receiver there is. Um, actually, definitely is behind JJF. George Kittle is a guy. Let's talk about a tight end to get some tight endness in this episode. George Kittle, 25 points last week. I think he had nine receptions and a touchdown or something like that. I think he had almost 100 yards. You can fact check me on that. It was nice to see Jimmy G get Kittle involved again. And obviously, you know, I think that they're going to be able to do that a little bit more with their passing game. Not that Jeff Wilson didn't do a super good job, but oh, we didn't talk about Christian McCaffrey. Bruh. We are idiots. Wow. This yeah, is, Christian Mc- people don't listen to our podcast. Christian McCaffrey got traded. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Like the 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 be- one of the best, you know, fantasy assets of all time. No big deal. Oh my gosh. All right, let's talk. I, I do think Christian McCaffrey opens up opportunity for Kittle. You shouldn't have sold Kittle when he was down low, and he's obviously getting healthy now. I need Kittle to stay healthy the whole season. Christian McCaffrey is a 49er. I'm literally, I cannot believe we forgot about this. That would have been really awkward. He did, just didn't do a whole lot yesterday, though. I mean, and no, but, but, but that's the, to be expected. No one even, well, a lot of people thought he wasn't even going to play. The fact that he played, dude, was, that's impressive. Testament to him yeah. in, in learning a whole new style of offense, a sh- the Shanahan offense. Like, the Shanahan offense. Dude, uh, McCaffrey's a smart dude. He he came from Stanford in, in college. He's going to have no problem learning this He went to Stanford with an M. Stanford. I said Stanford, you idiot. <laughs> no, McCaffrey will be fine. I would. I could see him um, being back to his old, well, his old new self. Look, I don't, here's um, the thing. Within two weeks. But, like but, next but, week, he may still be a little bit more growing. I think people who are selling Chris McCaffrey pains. think that they're entitled to more now in return. How's this going to make no, him that's produce silly. more? No, he stays. I think he's more likely to, I, I think he stays. I think he's more likely to produce less than he is to produce more. You know what this does for him? This this doesn't increase his dynasty value at all. What this does is this increases his longevity. I hope so. I because I, Sh- to Shanahan's going to me, this changed virtually correctly. nothing about Christian McCaffrey and his value. I, I wouldn't, and I would not be surprised long-term, maybe hot take, I would not be surprised long term if his production actually ends up less than it was on being on San Francisco. They've got a lot more weapons and there's a lot, I agree there's with a lot you. more to go around. I mean, Ayuk is finally doing what we've wanted. Debo is going to get so carries. Long. Debo is Debo Samuel. You've got George Kittle. He's an elite tight end. Yeah, you've got Jimmy Garoppolo who can only give so many so much production to these weapons. Yeah, and side note, do you talk about a guy who could be a soft buy right now. Debo Samuel has quietly been wide receiver 12 on the season. 
wide receiver 12. That's amazing. Like that's honestly, I didn't think with, with all the stuff that they've gone through with the Lance injury, with Jimmy G coming back and no one really expecting that with the Elijah Mitchell injury, with Ayuk finally getting the shares that we he's wanted a good, him to, he's a good like, receiver. Simon and yeah. I will take that dub though. Cause we said he'd be less productive than he was last year. And so far, I think it's proved to be true so far. We'll we'll see at the end of the season again. We're only seven <laughs> games in. Yeah. No, you're right. No, you, you no, I, I, I have lost that argument so far. You're right. <laughs> Well, you're right still. Uh, yeah, obviously I don't see I, I think I think it was obviously we have to talk about that, but I don't think it affects CMC's value a lot in, in Dynasty. Obviously, he's, he's Christian McCaffrey. I do. I am taking I think both of us are taking Austin Eckler over CMC at this point, though. Hands down pretty easily. All right, uh, let's finish today's episode off talking about some. I hate that we have to talk about disappointments at the end of our episode, but there have been quarterbacks that have been particularly meh this offseason. So we need to publicly take an L obviously on the podcast about Aaron Rodgers because now it's not it's it's not over. And the season is is not even halfway done. But Aaron Rodgers is the QB 16. And games of 15, 11, 16, 17, 17, and 16, and 4. He hasn't even passed 20 points this year in fantasy. That is so depressing. We For a guy that has a ton of shares of Rodgers. But, but here's the thing. Fantasy is, not, fantasy is not the NFL. The main argument we were getting about Aaron Rodgers was that Devontae Adams made Aaron Rodgers, which is still 100% completely it's incorrect. still wrong. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But we do need to, we do need to kind of apologize and take our L. Obviously, you know, if you bought Aaron Rodgers, you probably didn't totally lose on your investment because he was so low priced. But it, it has turned out to where his prices ended up being right. So You've, you're kind of you're, you're, you're kind of you're, you're about sh- net even. Yeah, and you're probably riding it down. I mean, not a lot of people want to buy Aaron Rodgers at the moment. So yeah, the headline: Aaron Rodgers has another pedestrian fantasy performance. Yeah, that's pretty much been the whole season. Uh, Brady's another guy, which we didn't. Ever I think tell Brady you has been an even more of a disappointment in terms of he's like QB fantasy production. He's QB twelve still. He at least has gotten over twenty points once, only once. Mm-hmm. Eleven points here against the Carolina Panthers. He obviously was thirty-two of forty-nine, but two hundred ninety yards. He had zero touchdowns. He's not throwing a lot of picks. He has one pick on the season, and that was earlier in the year. But outside yeah. of the three touchdown game he had against Kansas City, he's thrown for one touchdown the rest of the games and zero. I, the production is his touchdown has dropped off his, or his touchdowns have dropped off. His yards aren't bad. I mean, it, he's not throwing picks. It really it's the touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, really, it's and, yeah. and really I, the Bucks have really just been not impressive. They've been pretty mediocre on offense. The last guy and I don't want to say he's a disappointment. I think this is I guess this is more, the most positive one we can. Take this is not this is not a hit on him as a player or a person. This is solely now and, and Justin Herbert has been over 20 points three times. Yeah, this is solely so Staley, and he's QB eight. <laughs> He's QBA because of Staley. Like, and look, we predicted Justin Herbert to be the QB one and the, the number one overall player in Dynasty this year. I'm not. I'm not really necessarily ashamed of that prediction. I think it was a good prediction. Uh, I don't think anybody expected the Chargers' offense to be this out of sorts. I don't think anybody expected the wide receiver injuries to happen. I don't think anybody. I don't think anyone expected, expected the Jets and the Giants to be five and two and six and ones. It's, it's hard. It's hard to predict. And I'm. And do not sell Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's going to be a QB for a long time in this league. He's going to produce in fantasy for a long time. He's still he's still a QB one, and he's having a bad season. If this is bad, if QBA is bad, imagine what Justin Herbert will do when he has a competent head coach. Good, he's going to do great. Don't worry about Justin Herbert. He has been semi disappointing, but I, when you watch the Chargers, I think you can pretty clearly see the disarray that the offense is in. It's really not his fault. So I'm and I, and I'll probably say that for the rest of my life because I love Justin Herbert, but. All right, but you wouldn't take Justin Herbert over Patrick Mahomes, would you? It, I'm, I'm talking about if you were starting a franchise in the oh, NFL. In a franchise? No. Are you serious? Uh, oh, oh. But why would you not take Josh Allen? 
over Mahomes? Come on. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. I know. I'm, I'm mocking. I know. I know Simon's someone. not here, but uh, yeah, I do. In terms of fantasy, like I don't, I'm not ashamed for taking Justin Herbert in the top three picks anywhere this year. No, there's I, still, I still think there's, there's, that'll yeah. pay off, but yeah. You said they're 33, 33, but honestly, 33. Josh Allen and in, in all reality, he it, what he has done is freaking impressive fantasy wise. Oh, I mean, fantasy wise. Absolutely. I, he is yeah. a monster. Yep. I, I, I do think it's fair to say that I would probably take Allen over Mahomes in fantasy right now. I mean, just because of Allen's rushing in mm-hmm. the NFL. No, that'll change the second Allen gets injured, though, which everyone thinks he's some immortal God who will never get injured, even though he's the most reckless quarterback I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I don't know. He's managed to do it so far. It is really he is. Really, yeah, well, luck managed really, to do it so far. And so I know. he, he is a really interesting case. So that. it, that's a whole other story. Yeah, it is. Um, and everything's been weird this year, but we've been trying to get through. We've been trying to give you the best analysis. Again, our YouTube page, Dynasty Domain, you can find us there. And we're trying to do shorts on the weekly to get you the best information, you know, coming up to Sunday in terms of can you trust these players who you should be going after the top five at different positions. We're going to do some buy low stuff, but some sell high stuff, you know, get to our YouTube page, subscribe to Dynasty Domain, and um, we'll get you sorted out there. We are going to do the podcast again in two weeks. We've got, you know, obviously, we're recording, like I said, we're recording shorts. It's going to be week. big. I, I'm going to make some big decisions come week nine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell, I did. forgot. Make sure you week nine in. is after Nathan actually like <laughs> decides that things have changed in the NFL. So you might actually <laughs> want to listen here in two weeks. Yeah. But if you listen this far, well, we, yeah, we'll, we'll have some big we'll have some big reflection time for the NFL and players in general, though. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So. Absolutely. Make sure if you like the podcast, you, you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you like that. Like I said, our YouTube channel is up and running at Dynasty Domain. If you've listened this far, we appreciate all of you that have listened and we look forward to doing this again in two weeks. Thanks for joining us. This has been Dynasty Domain. Mm-hmm.